Adam Cole and his faction made their presence felt on AEW Dynamite, introducing themselves as none other than the Undisputed Kingdom and obviously giving us the reasons as to why they have made their decisions against MJF. We're going to get into that shortly and everything else that happened on Dynamite with the major talking points. What's up, people? My name is Max the WrestleManiac. If you will, reporting here for Revolution Radio alongside my co-host, NK. Yo, people, it's your boy NK, aka Man Out, too sweet to be sour. Happy Wrestle Kingdom Day. Um, yes. but yeah, happy Wrestle Kingdom Day. But yeah, man, we're not here for us, we're here for Dynamite, man. We're here for Dynamite. First Dynamite of the year, man. It felt, it felt like a proper new beginning. Like, it felt a bit like 2020-ish as well. Yeah. Like, I, I really enjoyed the show. I, re- I thought it was a solid show and just everything we got on it, um, we're going to touch on the main things today, but everything we got on it just felt like this is the direction we're going in, let's all go, sort of thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Felt, it felt, like you said, very 2020, very structured. Um, like, even down, like, it felt, it felt like a reset, and obviously it remains to be seen in the following weeks whether they keep up this momentum and this is a consistent thing or this is just a one-off. But it felt like everything was very meticulously planned and yeah man this dynamite it, it felt like dynamite of old i know a lot of people even me online i, I, I tweeted i'm starting to get the feet but the feeling but then i didn't finish the sentence because i was like you know what it's just one episode <laughs> relax but good great start to the year great start to the year yeah we had like the typical really good action that we get in the ring week to week even on a on a, on a bad day of dynamite you get typically very good action we got you know a debut i guess or re- proper unveiling of this faction we got um returns we got debuts so yeah it really felt like the kind of you know raw after mania-esque kind of episode restart yeah. stuff stuff is happening new direction for everything and um we'll start with the i guess the main angle the angle that closed off the pay-per-view over the weekend world's end um with adam cole revealing himself to be the devil revealing um mike bennett matt taven as the ring of honor tag team champions part of the henchmen wardlow's in there too roderick strong was in there too um the show started off with adam cole's regular music hella pyro like absolutely crazy on the pyro and then everything just went dead for a second and then it morphed into like like the devil entrance mixed with like Adam Cole's previous theme song and stuff like that. Um, I, I thought the theme song was brilliant, brilliant. I thought it was so good. I thought that um, just everything from their presentation, even I think they came out, all four of them came out, stood to the side. Adam Cole walked through the middle of them. Just the whole framing of it was brilliant because we often, you know, have stuff to say about production value when it comes to AEW and stuff like that like this they nailed it they come down to the ring even in this new amalgamated version of his music they found a spot to do the boom and all the lights went off in tandem and just highlighted like a yellow ring around Adam Cole um yeah the presentation of it all was brilliant he's taken the steel chair he sat down again in the middle of all these men um and Roderick Strong takes to the mic first. He's still doing the Adam thing, which I do kind of wish, like, he maybe almost went to do it, the crowd does it, and then he just says, you know, yeah. regular Adam. 
like and then passes the mic and kind of baits them into it maybe, maybe there's still time to do that but um yeah then Adam Cole went on to basically you know give the reasons as to well MJF is a scumbag MJF was going to you know basically do me first if I didn't do it do him sort of thing um and that now that you know it, it became bigger than the bigger than the um whole AEW world title situation these are people that he's double crossed and people that he's you know put through a hard time and everyone just wants to pay pay him back and all of that kind of thing um he went on to say that obviously mike bennett or the name of the group undisputed kingdom which had been kind of banded around um before um you know, given if these guys were going to be the people involved. So, yeah, I thought that was a really good name as well. Um, the Ring of Honor guys, they got the tag team titles already. Roderick Strong's going to go for the international title, which is really good. And then um, they said Wardlow is going to go for the world title. And when I'm fit and strong, he's going to do the right thing and hand over the title. Wardlow got the 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 um like the zoom in the, the camera was all on wardler his face basically said like yeah sure sure mate like he, he didn't seem to buy that he's going to do that himself um so that could be a very interesting wrinkle where we go there with that but um followed by all of these like saying all their stuff you hear bullet club gold's music jay white comes out jay white's applauding them like I thought this was brilliant. He was so happy that it was them. I'm happy to see MGF get done, blah, blah, blah. But he made a very good point that I don't like the fact that I had to be collateral. If you remember back, Jay White was the first victim of the devil and all of that kind of stuff. He came out with um, the guns and they took to the ring to take out um, Adam Cole and, and his, his, his men, his henchmen. Um, then the acclaimed came out, who obviously the henchmen also took out previously. So it's like all of their ghosts are kind of coming to to, to roost, if you like, um, which I thought was really good. Usually you would just see like a faction like this make their mission statement like they did today and go on like a, a tear. Like, but it's like these men haven't forgotten, which was, I thought was really good. Um, so, yeah, that's I mean, the, the, the it ended in a bit of a scramble and Adam Cole hiding behind um, the doctors because he's not cleared and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, from the presentation of the the faction to I guess their mission statement and you know the the sneaky word about Wardlow and what he they intend for Wardlow and stuff. How did you find this opening segment? Yeah, I thought um, just he Adam Cole is the best Adam Cole. The thing is about Adam Cole, it's like he's so likable as a heel. Sometimes we're like he's so good as a heel that we end up liking him. Then you yeah. turn him to babyface. But he Adam Cole is the best Adam Cole and. This faction just makes sense, man. Like, just seeing all of them aligned together. And obviously, these are, aside from Wudo, these are all guys that Adam Cole has previous history with. So, it all, it all makes sense. Um, regards to the Wardlow thing, um, when they were like... Because I thought they were going to say, yeah, Roderick Strong's um, international, Wardlow's TNT, and I'm World Heavyweight. So, when they said Wardlow's going for the yeah. World Heavyweight Championship, I was like... I don't know uh, exactly. I think eventually Wardlow is going to be the one to defect from the faction and maybe go on a babyface run. 
And then I'm just unsure about Wardlow in the group. I think Wardlow's motivation to destroy MJF is makes perfect sense. Him like being in the group for that motivation is fine. But then going forward, when they start feuding with other people and start like, because I have no doubt that Roderick Strong's winning like the All Atlanta title at some point. Like that makes I can't (laughs) wait. I have no doubt that that's fine. I, you know, even though the queue is getting bigger, Adam Cole is very much still a, cha- a championship contender. War and obviously um, Matt Bennett, Bennett and Taven, obviously Ring of Honor tag team champions. That's fine. That's cool. That, that's fine. Mm. It's Wardlow where it's like, I see him being the only one not to fulfill his end of the bargain in this faction. And maybe, maybe he defects from the faction before it gets to that. But he's the one I'm looking at where it's like everyone has their role. I'm not sure about your role, particularly. Like, I'm not gonna say it's a mismatch because he fits in. He's more of it. It makes sense that he's in there, but he's the one I'm the most concerned about. Yeah. So, so when I was watching this happen in real time, and they said that about Wardlow, I was just like, I was, I was, I was down because I was thinking like. Bro, like he's just went through this, like, and our whole thing, even in building up to this devil stuff and him saying he wanted MJF, we're thinking, like, if he loses to MJF, what does that do for this Wardlow that they've they've tried to kind of rehabilitate? To this point now, I've come up with two things that I think is is very likely here. I think somewhere along the line, if say Roderick Strong does pick up that title. And it's like, well, Adam Cole's still out of commission, so Wardlow, we're going to get you some way, somehow, a title match. I think if Wardlow loses the title match, which I assume he surely will, they kick him out there and then. Like, you didn't do your part of the job. Like, you're out, sort of thing. I I, I think, in the most kindest way of saying it, Wardlow is a placeholder for Kyle O'Reilly. Yeah. So, maybe... If he fails and and then you know it's like Kyle O'Reilly comes back and attacks Wardlow and that's how they get him out of there and all of that kind of stuff and then Kyle O'Reilly joins instead of Wardlow, um, I think something like that could happen. The same again, like this whole I'm, I'm, I remember back in the day, I think it was the TNT title when um, MJF said to Wardlow, "When you win that, it's mine. You give it to me or something like that." Yeah. Um, it's like surely we we can't be making a mockery of Wardlow's character to that extent. Like, then could have been a thing, right? Like, it's pretty much what we're seeing with Luchasaurus or Killswitch now with Christian. But now, he's actually been through that already. So now, it can't be a thing where if he wins a title, he gets buoyed off and has to hand it over. Like, so, yeah, like you're saying, like I'm saying, something's definitely going to happen. I don't know whether he defects or to make him a bigger star, to make him a big baby face, like you're saying, something mad happens to him, like Kyle O'Reilly returns, attacks him, gets him out of the group, takes his place, and then we feel a bit more sympathetic towards Wardlow. Um, he's lost a title yeah. match, maybe, then he's lost his place in the group, and then we go on from there. The only thing, but if he was to defend, that'd naturally make him a baby face, and I think Wardlow as a heel is interesting. I don't, I'm not going to say it doesn't work as a babyface because, like, the beginning part of the MJF feud, he was a babyface and yeah. he was he was over. I think in this faction, it will be very... They've obviously set up other groups and they've set up, like, other people to feud with. Um, 
I'm assuming whatever comes first, whether it's um, acclaimed or Bullet Club Gold, I want Wardlow to be the guy that's in the matches. Because um, I feel like in these feuds, I feel like because the beauty of this faction that you can interchange a lot of people, obviously um, Bennett, Bennett and Taven are the traditional tag team, but if you want to protect them because they're the tag team champions, you could like mix and match different teams. Um, and I feel like portraying Wardlow as a monster and in these matches, he'd be forced not to just do powerbomb symphony. He'd be forced to actually like wrestle, which Wardlow can, which Wardlow can absolutely wrestle. So I just think the end goal for Wardlow is a bit shaky, but the journey there, this could prove, this could prove really beneficial. Um, and I feel like this group's strong enough to stand on its own for now without Adam. But then mm. when Adam comes back into the fold, um, and who knows? I think Adam, I think what they might do is time it in a way because MJF is out of injury. They might like synchronize Adam Cole and MJF coming back at similar times. So like if Adam Cole comes back in that in a certain time, MJF might come back a week, maybe at most a month later. Yeah. So you can just jump straight into that feud um again, because obviously that feud's money. Um yeah. and them two and I and I think Adam Cole will win whatever match they have. Yeah, I um I was um obviously we still don't really know how long Adam Cole's out for the severity of the of the foot of the ankle. And I was listening to Meltzer the other day, and he said that Jeff's shoulder's pretty bad, yeah. that he may have to have surgery, which would keep him out for a long time, or he yeah. can do like a natural rehab, but he'll probably be advised to do surgery because he's still young, in it like yeah. just get it fixed so it doesn't be a, a constant issue for him. So it'll be interesting to how, yeah, they're going to manage this. But I don't, as long as they don't kind of hinge it too heavy on these two waiting to come back um, and these other yeah. men can go off and do stuff, that that would be good. But, um, yeah, like, it's it's I, I made a, a video earlier this week, like, that's Adam Cole in a faction, faction leader. It just makes sense. Like, yeah. it, it's just a perfect fit. He's done it so many times in his career. It never feels, like, repetitive. Like, there's always a new dimension to it, even if these names are all similar or whatever. I was laughing my ass off this morning, bro, when I saw that even his crutches were all black now. It yeah. was not the traditional, like, silver crutches. I was like, well, nah, these men have gone to town proper. So, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what these lot do and rain chaos on the roster and um, the Wardlow part of it is going to be very interesting as well. Um, again, just to touch on another kind of big thing that happened on Dynamite, we saw following the um, international title defense, Orange Cassidy retained against Dante Martin in really, really fun match. Um, we saw, you know, the likes of um, Top Flight come out. We saw Best Friends come out and they were going to get into fisticuffs. And then we saw private party that's something we ain't seen literally like we've been saying since you know day one dynamites we ain't really seen these lot together mark quinn has been consistently injured they came back with the private party entrance uh, mark quinn was pumped on the mic you know reintroduced himself reintroduced the tag team because rightly so like a lot has happened since they were probably last seen together on on tv a lot of new fans people wouldn't know them and stuff like that um yeah, they, they got a really good rece reception. Mark got a whole, you know, welcome back chart and everything. And it was one of them ones where they just came, put the tag team um, division on notice. They, they mentioned everyone, including the Hardys. 
Um, didn't mention the champions, but they mentioned everyone else that they're ready to take on and climb up the ranks and all of that kind of stuff. So again, just that feeling of new start, clicking the reset button, we're returning the focus to a tag team division. Um, wow. Yeah, it was, it was good to see these guys back on the on the show. Yeah, man, private party, like, they were like the team. Like, I'll never forget the episode where they beat the Young Bucks, like, on television. Yeah. I was like, wow, like, who are these guys? That was like the second episode of Dynamite or something, wasn't it? And 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 they they were a team with a lot of potential, but it's always like injury, stop, start stuff. And I think the Hardy stuff, for keeping it frank, did nothing for them. Um, aside from aside from Isaiah Cassidy getting himself over, um, with a few instances here and there, um, it's good to see Private Party back. And it's like, it's funny because Top Flight are a team very similar. Not even just in terms of in-ring style, but the trajectory of their career. Um, it's kind of been like, the, in, in the same way Mark Quinn's been injured, um, Darius Martin has consistently been injured. And, well, I, I guess this time it was um, Dante that was injured, but before it was Darius. And, again, a team put over by the Young Bucks. Um, and I want to see the match. Like I, like, I know like they called out the entire division, but these two teams feuding would be very interesting. Yeah. Um, and I and I like the fact that they called out the entire division and were like, listen, we want to bring the division back. Um, and there's enough teams there for 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 something to happen. Um, so I'm all for it, man. I love I, I'm I'm a fan of private party. I'm happy that Mark Quinn's back. Yeah, just put these men on TV, just have them. You know, wrestle. Um, my only concern with the tag team belts, though, is the we haven't seen the belts much on Dynamite. They feel like very much collision ties. Yeah, and I yeah. want the belt to move around. Like I, I want like Big Bill and um, Ricky starts to be on Dynamite here and there, on Collision here and there. They they appear on Dynamite, but they don't wrestle much on Dynamite. Yeah, but um, yeah, man, have these tag teams face each other, man. Um, it's 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 a good thing that they're back. You know, they add to the division. Listen, man, like even I think Ray Phoenix is still injured, but once you add, um, obviously veteran teams like the Lucha Bros back yeah. into the mix. Obviously, we got um um a match um for Saturday FTR versus um House of Black, which looks like a great match. Yeah, you've got the teams there. AEW in the beginning, like we speak about bringing back the feeling. One of the things that contributed to the feeling was the tag team division. There's a point in time where AEW's tag team division was just like it was the best. Like it, it, it wasn't. There was no debate. Like it was the best tag team in wrestling. The tag team division in wrestling, and we've gone away from that. And now we have enough teams to where it just do it doesn't have to be the Bucks. It doesn't have yeah. to be the FTRs. You've got enough teams there where try something new. It doesn't have to be just these two titular teams. You've got enough man then there to like create something special. So yeah man, big up private party man. I was gas man. I was gas. Yeah, it was, good. it was good to see them definitely. And um even just going back to your point and the, the emphasis on tag team wrestling at the inception of AEW, the first tournament they done was a tag team tournament. Yeah. Um to you know crown champions which um what are they called SoCal one and um What's yeah, so car uncensored, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's 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 in the tradition, it's in the weeds. The 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 EVPs are one of the greatest tag teams of all time. So 
yeah, let's yeah. not um, you know, neglect neglect um, this this facet of the of the company. Um, I'll stop and say here. Big up everyone that's watching live. We appreciate this. Um, these are gonna go back as an audio podcast as well. So if you miss them on a Thursday, you'll be able to catch them on the audio later on in the in the evening. Um, but yeah, if you're watching live or watching it back, hit the like button. If you're new to rest things, make sure you subscribe. Um, put all your questions and stuff in the chat. We'll get to you towards the end of the show. Um, and we got some women's action on the show. Finally, the long-awaited debut of um double M Mariah May. Um, she was taking on Queen Aminata. Um, who's been doing doing pretty well, getting more and more opportunities on Ring of Honor, on Collision, and stuff like that. Um, they had a they had a they had a really good match, I would say. Um, a lot of people that I saw online weren't actually happy it was as competitive as it was. That um, would have preferred, I guess, something more akin to a Mariah May squash um to just help put her over and stuff but i think this was good because it, it showed her ability to wrestle um you know they've been telling us every other chance that they get that you know she used to she used to work in stardom so you know they've, they've almost had to sell the fact that you know she can hang with what we know of what the the stardom ladies tend to do that joshi style which i think she she made a good account of herself um after the match renee paquette took to the mic was asking was asking her you know about her her debut when she said yeah that she wished that um tony storm um was watching and stuff like that um and in this segment we saw the debut of Dion Perazzo, former um impact knockouts champion big big ovation um because she's from new jersey she was in new jersey came down to the ring and um, she was basically the advocate for New Jersey because Mariah May had previously said that um, the only issue about her debut is it had to happen here in New Jersey and stuff like that. Um, Diana Perrazzo straight away made reference to Tony Storm, that she's coming for Tony Storm. Mariah May or her, her lackey go and send the message and tell her that I'm coming for her and stuff like that. She can't keep ducking me. Mariah May said, yourself a bitch, everyone's messenger. Slapped Diana Perazzo across the face. Diana Perazzo eventually got her out of the ring. Um, and yeah, stood tall. Diana Perazzo. So we were talking, and for those that listen to the regular um, weekly Wrestling's podcast, you're going to hear the, the extent of the conversation that we had about um, Mercedes Monet possibly joining um, AEW. But Diana Perazzo was someone we briefly mentioned as well. And ultimately, she's made her debut before Monet has. So, NK, what was your thoughts on this segment and Diana Perrazzo joining AEW? Um, I think this 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 is a home run. This is an absolute home run. Um, on two accounts, I think Mariah May made a great account of herself. Um, I loved how like um like how stiff she was in the match. Like I love like the when the when they started hitting each other with the forearms and the slaps, you could really like hear the connections of those two. So like she's somebody you know, um that can really go in the ring. Um, obviously, there's still moments, elements of improvement. Obviously, she's still new to the business, but you could definitely see, um, you know, her time in Japan has left an influence on her. And even big up Queen Amanata, because she was right she was right there. And I think, you know, we'll, we'll definitely see more of her. She, both of both people made a good account of themselves. And I think 
doing that, you've already established Mariah May as okay, she's 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 connected to the champion, and now she's made a good of account a good account of herself in this match. Cool, you're this they, this she's someone now that the audience know to look out for. And then debuting Diana Peraza when the audience are already on the high from the match. And somebody made a good point on Twitter. How many times do we actually see women get to cut promos against each other in the ring in AW? Not enough. Not enough. Not but so what you've done is that you've debuted Diana Peraza and then now you have two new characters on screen and immediately established a feud. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've, and Diana Prazo came out. She got she got the because she was in New Jersey, and because she's like a notable name, she got the pop. She got the ovation. They treated it like a big deal. Like, yeah. oh, it's Diana Prazo. Um, and the fact that you know people obviously, let's address the elephant in the room. People came into the show expecting somebody else, but the fact that the people, the majority of people, including myself, left this segment satisfied with Diana, with the what um with Mariah May and the direction that they're going in shows that this was this was a, a flat out success. And it we've always spoken about the women's division, and it, I'd be foolish to say, oh, I have I'm, I have complete faith and optimism. That's naive. But it does show me that if the cards are placed correctly, we are in for a very interesting women's division. And there's always been talent in the women's division. There's always been the Jamie Haters, the Thunder Roses, but now it feels like, okay, now there's no excuse. Mm. Because you've got Jamie Hater waiting to return, right? You've got Britt Baker seemingly in limbo. Thunder Roses return. Riho's back in the fold. Chris Statland is here. You've got Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida. Now you've added Mariah May and Diana Peraza. Right. Confirmed. And then we've got one big, you know, question mark in Mercedes Monet. But even with uh, Monet to the side, with those names, you've got more than enough resources to build something with that division. Something of substance. Um, so, like I said, the jury's still out. But in regards to this segment, I was very excited. And and excited's not a word I use for the women's division. But <laughs> I left this segment feeling like, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, and it wasn't just debut tax. That, that was a part of it. But it was also Mariah May made a very good showing of herself as well. So, yeah. Uh, I was very happy with this um, program uh, overall, man. Yeah, I, I feel it's good stuff. You've mentioned a lot of good points. I mean, me personally, I I want this to work so bad. Like, I was never as a as a kid watching it. Obviously, w- women's wrestling as a kid was what yeah. mud wrestling and pillow fights yeah. and stuff like that. Like, my my love for women's wrestling came from NXT and what you can do when you actually care and you know you've got half decent people and stuff like that. Like. I want this to work so bad. I'm willing to like, like scratch out of my memory anything that happened last year with the women's division. Like mm-hmm. even um, the current stuff we're getting between um, Soraya and and Harley Cameron. Like there's clearly something you, you don't you don't like that. I, I poo poo that. I don't like that stuff. But it's really... I'm, I'm 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 finding it amusing because like something's clearly up. Soraya's clearly hiding something yeah. that 
Harley Cameron's planning to do or whatever in it. Like, yeah. but but it just gives us another direction. We have our, our title, we have our champion, we have the TBS division, which seemed to fix themselves in the last two, three months of last year. We've now got, like you said, two new characters that are gonna go off and have their own feud. We've got um a return in Thunder Rosa, we've got a return in Serena Deeb soon. Yes. Um yeah, it's just we're building like a multifaceted division, it's not just around one title and everything. So like I said, until they do wrong, until they make a wrong step, hey, this is brand new to me and I'm I'm here for it. So um, yeah, the slate's clean. It's, it's a new year. Um, something else that's new on the show was obviously this new title, Eddie Kingston, the Continental um, Crown, I believe is, is going to be called, um, of what the Triple Crown he's got. Um, we saw a Eliminator match between Trent Beretta, um, Brian Cage, Brian Keith. And you remember Vikingo. Vikingo. Vikingo, that's it. Um, just quickly on this, we saw Trent Barretta get the win. Now, for the people that were in this particular match, for who the winner is, respectfully, does that kind of give away the positioning of yeah. this title? Like, is yeah, I thought it should have been Brian Cage. At the very I, least, isn't it? At the mm. very least, I think it should have been Brian Cage. Um, yeah, this is we feared this after the Continental Classic, where it's going to be slotted into the mid card. Um, this is this is TNT adjacent, this is international title adjacent. Um, and I'm got like, I'm not gonna say I'm gonna give it benefit of the doubt. But the person post-Trent is vital. Trent, first title defence, cool. You can chuck it up to, okay, first title defence, fine. Mm. I need... Okay, realistically, I'm not going to expect the Hangman Page or so on and so forth. But I think so, I think Brian Cage would have at least presented an interesting challenge. Yes. For Eddie Kingston. Trent is, like, safe, super safe. He's the person... AEW send out. He's the he's a person that eats pins. Okay, yeah. you want a good match, but someone's gonna eat a pin. Trend. That's it. Where we know, even if if it was Brian Cage, yes, we know that Eddie Kingston's not winning, and Brian Cage hasn't been presented as someone like a, a top top star, but it presents at least an interested matchup just because of Brian Cage's size and his physicality. Um. I'm not even, even though they unveiled three belts, I'm not a fan of the concept of defending the belt either. Because, like, I just won a tournament to get this belt. Why are you, in a one-on-one match, able to take away what I've just won? No. You must do, <laughs> it must be defend. I feel like it should be, I think, the even the belt should just be like a a prop at this point. Just hey, I've won the um um C two Continental Classic. Cool. Here's the belt to show that I've won it. We go again next year, and then your title, like your your title throughout the year, like a king of the ring, is I'm the king of the Continental Classic. I'm the Continental Classic winner. You carry that moniker. I think you just carry the moniker. I don't think it should be an actual belt that's defending. Because what's the value in that? And I feel like yeah. it's the winner because I, it doesn't make sense logically because, like, I've gone through this entire tournament 
and then someone can take my can take the mantle off me just in a single one-on-one match without going through the same road that I went through. No, <laughs> no, yeah. no. The, the the roads, the journey definitely has to be similar. I hundred percent agree yeah. with that. Um, yeah, I I feel like you're you're right. It can't necessarily be a, a hangman or a, or a Moxley. Obviously, Moxley was in in Japan, but it can't be someone too too high up. But I feel like Trent, you know, bit low down. Um, you know, Vikingo, Vikingo maybe should have yeah, because at least he's a champion. That could have been interesting. Yeah. Um, Brian Keith, he's doing a lot of good work, but I, just, I don't, he hasn't got like a win yet. So he's it's not. like, he couldn't have necessarily been him. Again, like you said, Brian Cage would have proposed an interesting challenge, but maybe something like a Penta or like someone of that ilk. Yeah. That still feels all Atlantic ish. Um, yeah, but these guys, you know what this feels like with Trent winning and with the guys in this match, it basically looks to me that they basically tried to repackage the Ring of Honor the ring of honor championship yeah and with this whole you know continental classic stuff but it's still ring of honor championship level dons going after it yeah so yeah, yeah. like you said the, the next person i would like to think should be a bit bigger a bit in terms of name, yeah, right? like, yeah just someone like of like someone where like if i see eddie kingston versus so and so on dynamite i'm like oh i'm tuning in yeah, I'm tuning in. You know, if yeah. Sammy Guevara is not, I mean, I know the Jericho stuff seems at, at pause at the moment, or we haven't seen Jericho now. A, opponent like Sammy Guevara of that ilk would be mm. interesting. Yeah, that'd be, be better. That'd yeah. Be better. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, one of the matches of the night on the show, we got Konosuke Takeshita going up against Darby Allen, and this this was almost like a remember me guys <laughs> sort of performance from Takeshita where even even what I enjoyed about this is like he was so dominant in this he was so um overpowering of of Derby at times some of the feats of strength the finish the flipping German suplex off the off the top rope like um and with these other great matches Takeshita's have with like Moxley and Hangman and Kenny, you can imagine it's maybe them man that are leading the match because of their experience and stuff like that. And Takeshita's just kind of being the humble guy in the ring. And he was a baby face them times as well. This was just straight out heel brutality, violence. The, the rolling German suplexes down the, down the ramp. Um... This is the Takeshita that I thought we were getting from day dot the minute that he joined alongside Don Callis. And they put him in Don Callis' family and they somehow made him the least important person in there because you've got um, Powerhouse Hobbs and you've got a bloody TV champion in um, Kyle now. Um, and you got, obviously, well, we lost Bray by default sort of thing. And then you've got um, Sammy Guevara's story there from last week. Takeshita faded into the background, but they, like, this is what Takeshita does. And Western companies being Western companies, they, they went and put a, a Japanese man, their best Japanese talent on, you know, the night before Wrestle Kingdom. Like, I'm sure that was done by design, but he's itching for the opportunity. And within this new character, the heel character, look what he look what he's done. Like, he's made small food of Derby. What did you think of this match? 
when this match got, I think I, I did like you. If you watch the podcast uh, tomorrow, you will see my visceral reaction to when this match got announced. I, <laughs> yeah. I fist pumped. I was like, yeah, because these men had an amazing interaction. And the thing about Derby, Derby, Derby's bumping made Takeshita look like an. I mean, Takeshita was all like his offense was crazy, but it's the combination of Takeshita and Derby. Derby, the way he sold, where he bounced around the ring, yeah. even the willingness to take some of these bumps. Um, and and I like the fact that Takeshita did it to Derby. Derby's somebody where no matter win or loss, Derby's somebody he will always have credibility amongst the fans. Darby's somebody that he's a made name in AEW. He hasn't quite elevated to that world championship status, but he's an upper statesman when it comes to AEW. And this was a consistent, dominant performance. I mean, yeah, we had Don Callis interfere here and there, but ultimately it wasn't needed. Takeshita had this match under control from start to finish. And I tweeted, he looked like an absolute monster. Mm. And listen, if you don't have any title aspirations for him right now, it's fine. I get it. But more of this, please. Um, and and this was like a it was I want to call it like a dynamic squash match because it wasn't like because squash matches like have this thing of oh, it was just one person, one person, one person, and it was. But like the match had ebbs and flows back and forth. It was it was so entertaining but dominant. And I just want to see more of this from Takeshtan. There's a reason why we when we first laid eyes on him on AEW and he had the matches with Hangman and Moxley and Daniel Sinner, we were like, this guy's a star. And this heel gimmick, him as a heel works. We just need to showcase some more. He should be the most important part of that faction. By far, like it should be, like yeah, Takeshita is something special, man. I just, I just hope that they nail it with him because the one thing I'm concerned about is that they immediately did the tag team match, then after the tag team match for next week with Derby and Sting, and I'm like, no, like, like, like respect, like the, the Derby food is cool, it's it's done, and yeah. Sting's not losing because he's on his retirement tour. Keep mm. him away from these man, like. Takeshi. Well, it might be um Sting and Derby versus Hobbs and Kyle in it. Like if if Takeshi just got a win, I wouldn't put him in that match just for Sting to come and pin him now or whatever. Yeah, I hope that's the case then. I hope that's the case because yeah. I think Takeshi's Takeshi should just like scorch everything, but like just destroy roster up and down until he's ready to like assume a title um yeah, yeah. the entrance the, the mask <laughs> like i said I'll tell, mask, I, I've seen him do that before. i can't like he needs music i i don't like the silence i think he needs music. i i i i i've got used to it i like i like that kind of ominence that ominous sound like it's just it's, it's not music it's just like a sound sort of thing i hear you but like i just i feel like i'm just used to it um yeah. if they keep if they keep making him like a like a threat like that sort of thing mm. then it, it could work it could kind of resonate a bit more yeah. but yeah it's just like we're saying how they really package him from here on out 
Um, cool. Let's get on to, um, I guess the main event, the main event angle stuff. Um, people watching live, like I say, you've got any questions, any hot takes, anything for us, put it in the chat, in the live chat. We're going to get to it in just a second after this bit. So before the main event, we saw Hangman interrupt a segment between Daddy Magic and um, Rene Paquette. Um, he basically just stormed in. He like just turned up to work then. Um, and he was basically saying he wants to smoke. Adam Cole's been revealed as a devil. Them man attacked me, took me out. Anyone can get it sort of thing. Give me a reason. Push my buttons. Anyone can get it. Um, this is the best of that, you know, angry hangman, just loose cannon, just ready to go off on somebody. And he stormed off into the background. Daddy Magic didn't even get his interview or anything in the end. They cut. Um, the main event match was Danny Garcia versus Swerve Strickland. Again, you know, this, this, this theme of, you know, the new beginnings and all that kind of stuff. Both men cut promos during the night, you know, saying that, you know, it's no surprise to them how the two young stars of the company are given this spotlight going into 2024 and all of that kind of stuff. Um, obviously coming off the back of Swerve being somewhat successful in that continental classic, just unfortunately not um, progressing out the group, but he made it to the final. Whereas Danny Garcia had a, had a bad time, good showing, but a bad time until the last uh, match where he got a win and then won on the pay-per-view over the weekend as well. Swerve won on the pay-per-view over the weekend as well. Um, so we got to, got to the match, big ovation for both guys coming, coming through. Good stuff throughout this match. There was a good back and forth throughout. We had the little dancing spot, of um, uh, uh, what's his face, Daddy Garcia and Nana. I think they were like copying the 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 Rock Hogan stuff because um, there was one point where like they looked they looked past each other and turned to the other side of the crowd and looked past each other, um, like Rock and Hogan did. Yeah, we we had their match and um, Swerve went up for the stomp. The stomp was um. <laughs> the the stomp didn't put away Danny Garcia, which was um, surprising. Um, but then we saw we saw Swerve hit his finisher, um, JML Driver, which put away Danny Garcia. Really, really um, good match. And again, he's kind of put over the the younger guys in in the company and someone showing the direction that the company's going in. There's clearly still a lot of momentum with Swerve. Um yeah, we're looking forward to how, how Swerve does for the rest of the rest of the year. And um again, you'll see it on the podcast that comes out tomorrow. We talked about you know the likes of Samoa Joe that's now a champion, how long Samoa Joe should probably hold that title for before we get something like you know Swerve coming in and um maybe becoming champion, maybe just before all in. Um, and then we get like um Swerve versus Osprey at, at all in. Um, I think that would be really good. Cool. So, um, yeah, the main event stuff. What was your thoughts on um, Swerve versus Danny Garcia? Honestly, um, this match was really good. Um, like I said, like it just felt fresh. It's a main event that we 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 haven't seen before. It was two. It was two guys we don't you typically see in the main event, but I can't lie. This episode, I think. Swerve's obviously been on the, the ascendancy, but I don't know if it was Excalibur and all these men on commentary. They were like, he's a future world champion. It just felt like, nah, Swerve, like, 
Swat, he's arrived. Like, he's here. Like, he's... It's not just potential. It's like, no. Like, I'm, I'm almost like... I'm not a betting man, but I'm almost like on, like... I could bet money Swerve's winning the championship this year. Yeah. Like, like I feel assured. Like, it's not just like... It doesn't feel like, oh, I hope he wins. I'm like, no. Like, I feel like he's the one. Because... And I think with AEW, we... we there's a what the good thing about them is that we always know who's next, and during the MJF title run, we were always asking ourselves who's after MJF, who's that person, and I think we're getting that question answered the same way like with the Hangman feud. Well, the Hangman feud's more deliberate, but after the Hangman feud, we knew MJF's the next one. We could see it. They were just like they were distracting him. They were just putting stop gaps in front of him. Yeah. Until he, until it was time, with Swerve, I think it's the same way. It's like we're just we're stalling right now, because he's the what he's the person in the company. He just feels like on the ascendancy, feels like momentum's here, going up, going up, going up, going up. And then him and Hangman, I wouldn't have, I wasn't expecting them to revisit this early, but they've added an interesting wrinkle because both Hangman and Swerve mentioned Samoa Joe. Mm. Um, a the products, and then maybe I'm I'm thinking maybe a triple threat match at Revolution, so we don't waste. So Hangman Joe and Swerve. Swerve, yeah. So maybe we don't like because I, I I think we I don't want to see a third match just yet. Yeah, that's the one thing match. I'd say about this segment. Like I just thought, ah, uh, you guys don't, yeah. <laughs> we don't not not already <laughs> like. But at the same time, like these two together, the chemistry is like when yeah, these two are set, like it's magnetic, and it's like this is this is a rivalry that can go on for a long time. Like this is a rivalry, even like I, even though I'm saying wait now, this is a rivalry that you know, provided both men stay in the company, I could see going on for for a long time. You know, all of your Cena Orton's. You know, it, it just a perpetual feud because I feel like these two will always find a way to make it interesting. And yeah, just just seeing the show end with Swerve and Hangman facing off against each other, I'm like, this is what AEW's about. Yeah. This is what it's about. These are two men like Swerve, you know, wasn't happy with his treatment in WWE, so he came to reform so hangman is a star literally born from our eyes from AEW. yes he was in ring of honor but he became like a like a well-renowned star in AEW. this mm. is what it's about an alternative like this this feels like something completely different to what i'd get elsewhere yeah so yeah just ending the show on that note ah uh, i think it was just a great cap to like a great tone setter for the year that's what I think this show was, just a, a great opener to the rest of the year. And hopefully, you know, this continues and this isn't just a one-off, but like, yeah, this episode is amazing, man. I, I really enjoyed it. And it's been, I think as well, what it showed me as it was kind of going off air was just, it's, it's a nice churn of the main event scene. Obviously, Kenny's injured. Danielson is going to be hanging up the boots and um, all the other names, obviously, Chris Jericho from yesteryear, Moxley, that's 
been winning this title from yesteryear. They're all kind of finding other places on the card if, if they're available and if they're around. We're seeing Daniel Garcia, who's probably still not quite there yet, um, just because of how his story and his character has been told. Um, but he's someone that's obviously upper mid card where he can trust to put in big positions and stuff like that. Swerve, who, like you said, there's almost like a confidence, even amongst the commentary team, that this year he's going yeah. to win this title. It's just yeah. a matter of what pay-per-view, at what point are we penning yeah. this into the calendar where it's going to happen? But it's going to happen, basically. Um, Adam Cole, who is injured right now, but you know he's going to be in and around the minute he's fit, the second he's fit. Um, MJF, who probably comes back into the fold once he is, um, got Osprey <laughs> due to turn up next month. He's, he's due to attend school, as, as Laps would put it. <laughs> he's due to enroll and register as of next month. Um, it's it's, it's incredible, it's incredible. They and these men are young as well. That's the thing, these men are like under 35, like all of them. So it's like there's the amount of mileage, right. Jay White, like the amount of mileage you can get out of all of these guys is is incredible, man. Like the the uh, the sky's the limit, man. The sky's honestly the limit. Yeah, to think of, of those names I reeled off just there. Adam Cole may be the oldest at at maybe a 34 or 35, yeah. maybe, um, followed by maybe a swerve. Um, Osprey's what 30, 31? Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, and everyone else is younger. Like this is the ages where we're, we're talking about. So they've, they've pretty much future proofed their main event scene. As long as they keep continue doing good, good booking, which they've tend to do with the men, uh, then yeah, that should be absolutely good for them going forward. And it says a lot of what the, the next year is gonna, gonna look like. Um, just to touch upon some of the, the comments and stuff that you guys put in the chat um, before we get out of here today. Um, big up Navy says, I can't lie, this dynamite was so hype. Yeah, it was a very, very good show. Um, Jay, I do. Big up, bro. Um, Diana is going to be classed in the women's division. It's getting good quality and deeper. <laughs> <laughs> And um, once everyone comes back, it's going to be really interesting. Rio, Britt, Chris, Rosa, Storm, May, Diana, and Willow could be a good year for the women's division. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Jay, Jay hasn't even mentioned Jamie Hayter. Yeah. There's a lot. Jamie Hater. There's a he lot, hasn't even man. mentioned the, the imminent, as we've been told, Mercedes Monet. Sheeda. You know what I'm saying? Sheeda. Yeah. There's definitely a lot, man. Um, should be good. Gloody says, big up Gloody, he says, um, there is no excuse for the women's division to be bad this year. There's none, man. There's none. There's a, like, 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 well, all the division's already stacked and we've got people pending. We've got people injured, like, and a lot of these people are said are fit to return this year. Listen, can't lie, man. It's make, it's, it's make or break, man. It's make or yeah. break. It's true. It is true. Um, Jayadu says, would love to see the Triple Crown presented like Cody's TNT open challenge sometimes as well. Like oh. an open challenge situation. I, I, I don't mind that. I just like, think they've gone to that well too much. The open, AEW have gone to that open challenge well for, especially like it was like, I think it was like early last year. It was either Darby's reign or Samoa Joe's reign was like, open challenge, open challenge. It's like, 
Well, in in name, all of Orange Cassidy's or the majority of Orange Cassidy's international yes. ones were open challenges. Yeah. The one thing I, I'd say, and I, I don't know if this is like a, a WWE thing or AEW thing, whatever the case may be. Like, I actually tend to lean more so to the WWE way of open challenge of, right, it's this person facing vacant today and the person comes out, I'm maybe comes random. Or who's coming out random. Um, Orange Cassidy's was always open challenge, but we knew who the challenger was before yeah. the match. So uh, yeah. maybe they do like Eddie Kingston more like that. Like Eddie Kingston, Eddie comes out, cuts a promo, like giving people opportunity, come out here, blah, blah, blah. Um, then they send somebody out. And yeah. if you then send out, I think for me personally, if you then send out a Trent Beretta, I don't mind it as much, as long as somewhere along these open challenges, we then get, like you said, a name. Yeah, and then it's like, oh my god, okay, cool. Um, but yeah, to, I think just with that continental, um, or whatever it's called, the continental crown stuff, I think it was just the, the face of the obviously, you make a match card, the, the four men on the match card are not really, as they would say, given. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I was just like, ah, oh, well, we'll see, but yeah, um. Glody also says Swerve for world champ to catch the for international champ. Okay, yeah. if, if if somebody if somebody you have to, you have to pick one, Roderick Strong or Takeshita, the international champion. What, what what are you going for? Takeshita. I was I was I would say Takeshita only because when 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 Roderick Strong wins it, which I definitely want to see as well. I need the the undisputed. What do they used to call it? NXT. Um, prophecy, yeah, the prophecy. Everyone needs to. Win. I need yeah. the more to have it. So yeah. I, I actually, I was thinking about this this morning. I don't want Roger Strong to win it if Adam Cole's not around to have the world title. Just yeah. to I'd yeah. rather wait, wait and hold off for a bit. Um, so yeah, I'll take Takeshita to international champ now, and I think it'll yeah. be good for him. I wanted Takeshita to beat Orange Cassidy the first time when he, he was on the run. I remember we talked about it. Yeah, um, the initial international championship run. Yeah, all that back then, but um, yeah. Um, Jay says would be interesting to see what Darby does once Sting retires. What do, what do you think could be on the cards for Darby? I mean, I know he's prepping to do the what do you call it, Mount Everest, in it. I think run back the MJF feud and have him. I think he needs to beat MJF because the whole feud about him with MJF is like he's lost twice to MJF. I think he needs to get like his win back. Um, and I think how many I don't think Derby hasn't had that many world championship matches. No, um, he had the four way obviously with MGF. Mm -hmm. I think he had one against Moxley, maybe. Yes, I was just about to say that. So, yeah, he must have had one against Moxley. Um, yeah, when he faced CM Punk, that was CM Punk's first match in it. So, there was no yeah, title. there was no title. So, um yeah, that probably sounds I about right. Derby main eventing a pay per view, main eventing like a pay per view one on one against somebody as like a challenger. I mean, he's got the the history with Samoa Joe around the TNT title though, mm -hmm. so they could do that. Um, he definitely has history with Swerve. If Swerve was to become champion, him yes. and Swerve tear the house down for a world yes. title. Um, so yes. yeah, that, that that could be in his future. Um, you know, if if 
you know, well, Samoa Joe's already champion, so if Swerve becomes champion this year, that, that can definitely be yeah. in his future. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, we'll see, like I say, when, when Sting goes, I'm assuming maybe Darby's off TV for a bit as well, and then we'll see him resurface and stuff. Cool. Well, that's, that was basically the show. Um, we'll put a bow in it. Um, we... Um, for anyone that you know didn't know, we've done a world's end um watch along. If there's anything there you want to see our reactions to anything, the devil coming out and all of that kind of thing, you can go see that. That's on the channel. Um, like I said, this is now gonna be on the audio platforms as well. So if you want to um listen to it, you can catch it on your Apple Music, your Spotify's, etc. etc. Um, and yeah, we'll be back next week with another episode of Revolution Radio. Um, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button on your way out. NK, any last words before we get out of here? Uh, yeah, man, just tuned into the lovely content you've got um, on wrestling. You've got a bunch of different content coming out on a weekly basis, not just Revolution Radio. You know, there's the E podcast, there's the E, um, there's the flagship wrestling show, and then there's tons of you know other lovely content out there. So yeah, keep keep it locked in. Yeah, guys, I, I I was I was told today that an episode of Indie Takers is being um recorded imminently, um probably to review um Wrestle Kingdom. So yeah, if you if you're into your indie stuff or want to keep up with the indies and what's happening there as well, Indie Takers is coming back. So yeah, make make noise so that um we keep up with it. Yeah, but stick us under pressure. But yeah, appreciate you guys tuning in. Those are watching live. Those are gonna watch it later, and we'll see you later.